Nigeria Daily, my name is Lilian Ogazi. The rains are here fully, and with the rains come several advantages like more fruits, greener lands, and cool weather. But with the rains also come mosquitoes, flooding, and with Kano and some other states in Nigeria, cholera. In Nigeria, cholera is an endemic disease that occurs annually, and it is no news to hear of how cholera is ravaging communities in Kanu state. In the recent development, Kanu state has recorded a total of 189 cases of cholera across 20 local government areas of the state. How do residents of Kanu feel about the constant occurrence of cholera outbreaks? Our colleague in Kanu, Zaradin Yakubu, went on the streets of Kanu to find out. My name is Aubakar Adam. So, were you once convicted, contracted by uh, cholera? Yeah, once. That was around 2021, around November, December. It started with vomiting and later on lead to diarrhea. So later on, I, t- I was took to hospital. There were things I was putting on. So what do you think of the incessant occurrence of cholera in Kano? Like uh, every year there has to be these cases, outbreak of cholera. Well, well, the reason could be guessed around unhygienic environment. The way people are cleaning their environment. Mostly, people used to, people not used to wash their hands. Basically, people only wash their hands with water, without using soap and all other sort of uh, detergent. People need to keep their this in their environment very clean. My name is Zainab Gambosadwa. Actually, what causes this uh, cholera issue in Kano? Actually, to me, my own view is because the workers, the environmental workers, they are not doing well to pack the dirty, to take, to make sure that the drainage is well, you know, clean, and to make sure that those people producing water for sale, especially they say the industry, pure water industry, they have to supervise the place. They have to make sure that they sterilize the water because it's a waterborne disease. So please, the government should put more effort in making sure that. Uh, their masses, as in what they are eating, what they are uh, drinking, and what they are using, is uh, monitored. The residents should come together like uh, social responsibility among them to make sure that their area, their drainage, you know, there is not much mosquitoes, there is not much water. Okay, um, my name is Ruke Yusuf Ali. Yeah, it's really pathetic, it's really sad because. Um, it's like we are not conscious of our public health, we are not conscious of our environment, and we are not conscious of the outbreak of diseases like cholera and others. Okay, have you ever been contracted by this? No, I've never been, but I've seen people, and I've seen how people suffer when they contract a disease. So anybody around is at the risk of contracting. So it's this is what makes it very serious, and we really need attitudinal change to address such, um, such eminence. Those are some residents in Kanu speaking. The risk factors for cholera transmission are usually poor personal and environmental sanitation, food and water contamination, poor waste disposal, and open defecation, amongst others. At some point in Kano, environmental officers who inspect homes and surroundings were available to check personal and public hygiene in Kano. Were people keeping their surroundings clean then? And what has happened to these environmental officers? I had a chat with Ibrahim Musa, who experienced the era of environmental officers and tells us what their presence felt like. Yes, I said this is something that uh, we are really missing in Kano because we grew up to see those people we call in Hausa Dubagadi, uh, uh, which we call them uh, the, 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 like the town inspectors. 
And 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 if going by history, we have a school called School of Hygiene in Kano, which was established in 1932. And this school is the one in charge of training of those uh, environmental factors. They will go house to house, check your toilet, check your your water basins and other things like that to see how hygienic they are. At times, they they go to the extent of uh, putting a sanction. They found uh, your toilet is uh, unkept and uh, not clean. They will go report you to the ward head, and from there, the ward head will kind of uh, uh, constitute a committee that will put a penalty or a fine on you, so that next time you will, be, you will not be wanted. So I think this is something that I really need to introduce, in, not only in kind of state, but uh, across the nation to see that uh, hygienic uh, situation has been improved. So you're saying there used to be a school of hygiene. Is it still existent? It still exists. The school has been established since, I told you, since 1932. Mm. So do we still yes. have these officers inspecting houses like they used to? Uh, no, they, they still train people like that. But uh, the problem is they don't they no longer go around and, and, and perform the duty we, we know they were doing before. We no longer see them. Okay, were there any positive impacts they made within the community that period? Like were people always wanting to keep the environment clean because because these guys are going to come uh, around? Because, uh, of course, that is what we call a social, like, uh, you feel ashamed if, if your house has been found wanted. You know, people say, that's the dirty house that, you know, the inspectors, the sanitary inspectors uh, have, have marked you because you were defaulting or you, you refused to clean. So that kind of stigma, you know, societal stigma, you know, would keep you from, from keeping, from, from not cleaning your house. It plays a lot, I mean, I mean, I mean, a very, very, very important role, you know, during that, you know, in those periods. That's when we don't have much outbreak of cholera, you know, other things like that, like what we used to have the presently, almost each and every state of the nation. That was Ibrahim Musa speaking. You are listening to Nigeria Daily coming to you from Daily Trust Online. We'll be going on break. Do stay. You're welcome back. This is Nigeria Daily coming to you from Daily Trust. In this episode, we're looking at why cholera outbreaks keeps occurring in Kano. Before we went on break, some Kano residents told us how they felt about the constant occurrence of cholera in Kano. We further looked at how the presence of environmental officers reduced the spread of cholera in the past. What is being done to stop the spread of cholera in the communities? I put this question and more to a community healthcare worker. My name is Leon Ali. I'm a community health practitioner. Cholera is an intestinal infectious disease caused by Vibrio cholerae. And the hallmark of the disease is a proposed watery stool with associated effortless vomiting. So why we are having it? Because when you look at the mode of transmission, the mode of transmission of cholera is fecal-oral and through contaminated hand or through contaminated water, through contaminated food. In our society, people are eating unhygienic food or are using unhygienic water. Okay, so um, is it that um, the people don't know about this, they're not giving enough sensitization, or um, the communities are not being checked for them to be clean enough? What, why is this happening regularly? Really, what, what is happening? Because it's not everybody knows the mode of transmission of 
You understand? Mm. So there is need for sensitization mm. to sensitize all people in the community so that everybody will become aware. Okay, so as a community health worker, what are you doing to sensitize these people in the community you are in? No, our people are doing are doing their best mm. because uh, the people are going for community outreach mm. and uh, doing the outreach they used to do health talk. Mm. Uh, they used to give health education mm. on how to prevent themselves, not only for cholera, from the, most of the common infectious diseases that we are having. Okay, so we heard that this Dubagari, you know Dubagari? Uh, yes, environmental health. Yes, now, yes. They, used, that they used to help before, when they come, they used to help because they would check they your used, house. Yes, what yes happened? they used, used to help, but they did not uh, continue for home visit. And uh, home visit is not for only environmental health uh, officers. Even community health officers are supposed to be doing it. So the, why did you put stop doing it's, it? Uh, it's, so actually, I cannot say. Maybe because of the burden of the work. Because, uh, you know, yeah. uh, most of the people are employed and uh, community health officers or community health uh, extension workers, they are working in the hospital. And so the number of community health workers that we need to cover of the needed of the population is not up to half. Because you can you can go to the hospital, instead to see community health worker like uh, five, ten, you can only see maybe it's only one or seven the facility. He will not have time to finish with the imp- uh, patients that are attending, he is attending at the facility and they said he has the other subordinates that he will take for outreach to go and do that such kind of work. Where did the environmental officers go and what is being done about the understaffed community health clinics? Um, my name is Dr. Tijan Husseini, the uh, Executive Secretary of Primary Healthcare Management Board. The State Primary Healthcare Management Board uh, has over 4,500 uh, environmental health officers of uh, various cadres. Uh, so it's not true that we do not have environmental health officers uh, in the LGAs. Okay, so but where have they gone to? Because members in the community said they don't see them anymore, and even the community health worker confirmed that they don't see them around anymore. Uh, they are at the, the LGA level, okay. and at the LGA level, they are posted to various uh, facilities to support environmental uh, um, health and other public health um, activities at community level. Okay, so do they still go to inspect houses and ensure sanitation is being carried out like they used to? One of the functions of the environmental health officers is actually uh, ensuring that um, our environments is safe mm. and also people confirm to the let down procedure. Uh, so yes, that's one of their functions and, and I believe that that function is still being carried out by these officers. Okay, so, but then we have reports of people confirming that this is not being done anymore like it used to. Um, that could be attributed perhaps to the number we have. Okay. Uh, if you consider Kano of, uh, with a population of over 16 million people you have um, barely 4,500 staff to manage this population. Perhaps they might not be as adequate as we would wish. Um, however, I know that they still perform some of the functions that they should perform statutorily. Okay, so is it also the responsibility of community health workers to sensitize and do the same similar responsibility as the environmental workers? The environmental health officers are expected of various um, types. Uh, some are junior community health extension workers, some are community health extension workers, 
uh, some are community health officers. And each of these cadres uh, or type of community health officers has a percentage time which is allocated to either work in clinic or in the community. Okay. And um, for community health officer, is expected to spend 80% of his time in clinic and 20% in community, uh, while a community health extension worker uh, is expected to spend about 40% of his time in community, 60% in, in clinic, uh, while the junior community extension worker is expected to spend about 60% of his time in community. Uh, so this is how they are expected to work. And this is the terms of preference for each and every one of them. Okay, sir, but this community health worker, I spoke to one of them and he complained that they are not able to spend that 20% allocated to them in the community because they are on the staff so if they leave they will have less hands at the community clinic to do the rest of it. In fact, he made clear reference that most of the times there are always just two in the clinic and they are not enough to leave the clinic and go out to do the other 20 percent of sensitizing in the communities. That of manpower uh, is not only affecting Kano as a state, uh, that of manpower is global issue. Uh, there are four years um, we have over 10,000 employed staff in Kano, primary health care board, and with another 10,000 who are doing other volunteer work or are doing temporary jobs. So, relatively, we have over 20,000 health workers across Kano uh, working in our various facilities. And if you take the recommended health worker uh, population ratio, you now see uh, the ratio and the numbers appeal uh, into insignificance uh, comparing the global standard. Yes, we have manpower, but however, our population path is far greater than the number of health workers we have. So this kind of imbalances in our health care facilities is also uh, not too unsurprising to say that, yes, we, have, we are short-staffed uh, in some of our facilities. However, there are facilities that are fully staffed, and mm. this is what we are trying to do, ensuring that these selected facilities in Kano have all the complement of staff uh, in their various facilities. Remember, Kano has over 1,200 um, primary health facilities in, in, in it. That was Mr. Hussaini Tijani, the Secretary, Kano State Primary Health Care Board, speaking. The rainy season is always beautiful due to how cold and green it looks. It should be enjoyed and not dreaded due to an endemic. It is the responsibility of everyone to keep the environment clean for the benefit of everyone. God bless Nigeria. And that wraps up the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. To everyone whose voices we heard on the show, we say a big thank you. Nigeria Daily is a Daily Trust production and you can download these and other episodes of our podcast on dailytrust.com, bossprouts.com, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and TuneIn Radio by simply searching for Nigeria Daily. You can also listen in on NAS FM 89.9 in Yola, Unity FM 93.3 in Just and Badegi Radio 90.1 in Mina. If you intend to sponsor an episode of Nigeria Daily or if you have questions or comment or suggestions of topics you would like us to talk about, call us or send us a message via WhatsApp on 0913-893-3390. Or you could reach us via social media handles on Instagram and Twitter at daily underscore trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. My name is Lilian Ogazi. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Mm-hmm.